1: Right, Brian, ready? Mailback time. Yeah, mailback time. Let's yeah, do it. let's do it. Let's yes, jump right into English it. English literature. That's what I was originally. Man, I have a degree in English to be. To, I have a degree in English, and I also have a degree in special education, and now I'm a journalist. So there you go, Brian.
2: Man. Where did you get your degree from? I know you started at Frostburg, but where did you get your degree from? So I
1: was I was only at Frostburg for one year. I ended up right. transferring to Rowan University here in New Rowan. University. Okay, yeah.
2: what years were you at Rowan?
1: I graduated from Rowan in 2015, so
2: I was there for three years or whatever. I coached against them way before you got there. (laughs) Yes, yes. They beat us by a point in 04 because our kicker, we lost 33 to 32. Our kicker missed three freaking extra points in that game. Still mad about that one. But Yes, Yes. Rowan.
0: All it's right. just funny because
1: I, I i went I went to more Rowan parties before I went to Rowan than when I did after Rowan because i okay. i commuted I commuted to Rowan. I didn't say that. Sure. It's only half an hour sure. from my house, from sure. my parents' house. Makes
2: so, yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Makes yeah. sense. I got gotcha. you i got gotcha. you talk, right, talk about some... wasting
1: money though brandon talk about wasting right? money man english degree is an absolute waste of money but we're gonna start these questions well again.
2: hopefully you can start using it more if i was gonna take a shot at you and i was just joking around ahead, i didn't mean it and i was like no i'm not take gonna it. say that. so hopefully you can take use it. that to your advantage with some of your stories you know do but oh thanks but, that Appreciate that. but people wouldn't realize i'm just kidding with you and I, I don't like people that do that so i i'm sorry i was gonna be mean i, I also and i don't ride off air and I, 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 very <laughs> sensitive you and cj stroud two very sensitive dudes man i tell you C.J. stroud sensitive yeah oh he's very he's like complaining today took it as disrespect when they signed Quinn Ewers a year after me like they weren't going to sign quarterbacks for the next three years (laughs) this kids perpetually looking to be upset and offended by something that's that's my own honestly I love CJ Stroud's film I love him as a player that's my biggest concern about him is like that dude just seems a little more sensitive than you'd want a quarterback to be you know that's my only That's my only concern on him, but yeah, it's
1: very talented player.
2: But anyway, let's roll. We got Matt McCarthy starting things off for us.
1: Matt McCarthy says with Peyton Woodyard set to take visits to Ohio state and Bama, do you think the staff will try to get him on campus?
2: They're going to try. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're trying super hard. I think they understand that Peyton's kind of looking for some things that Notre Dame doesn't have to offer. And I'm not saying that negatively, or I mean, just it's the reality of it. So I don't, I don't see that one going anywhere, but I mean, they've reached out, they've talked to him, they never stopped recruiting him, but I think they also know that like we, we can't offer what he's looking for. And again, I'm not saying that negatively, yeah, uh, Like there's anything illegally going on. I'm not saying it's not, not every comment like that's meant to be a shot at somebody. I just think he's looking for things that he's looking for a football school. That's really yep. what it boils down to. And yeah, that's and, not Notre Dame.
1: And I, I have talked to Peyton over the last few days, especially after he set up a couple of those visits and there is nothing imminent to go to Notre Dame. So we'll just right. leave it there. No update to be made at this time. But right. if there is one, forza.com
2: is the place to go. We'll give it to you. Yeah. Yes. And honestly, Ryan, I don't, I, 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 I like Peyton as a player, but I think after his like his sophomore film, I loved his junior film was very good. But I'm I'm at a point now where like he's more of a rover to me right now than he is a, a deep safety.
1: He kind of has that body type too, yeah. where he's he's going to yeah. be like 220. Like you know oh, who yeah. he reminds me of. Which it would have been funny if he ended up at USC. You remember Darnell Bing? Like that's oh, what yeah. he
2: reminds me of. Darnell oh, yeah. was a good player from though. P- man. He was from good. Polly, right? Wasn't Darnell yeah, Bing so. from Polly? I think he was. I think so, man, yeah, man. He's a very good. But like
1: Darnell player. Bing playing in today's game would be oh, a he'd low, be a more will more than he was strong. He'd be a seed. will.
2: Darnell yeah, Bing probably. would be a dude at will in today's game. You know, and that's a fun. That's a fun thing to do, Ryan. Sometimes is you look back and say, "Boy, if this guy could have played in today's era, yes, like if Steve Atwater played in today's era, he's a linebacker. I mean, just yeah." Well, it's, it's like, no I, I know Reggie
1: White moved inside at some points, but like today, Reggie White would just be a kick butt
2: three tech all day. He'd be, he'd be a <laughs> bigger version of Aaron Donald. I mean, right. he just would just destroy people in the middle. Yeah, yeah. there's no doubt. Yeah. There's no doubt. And he would get called for a penalty like a million times for the head yes. slap, which, you know, that's well, more you Deacon Lawrence Jones. Lawrence
1: Taylor in, end, in today's uh, game? I mean, he would have. Oh, uh, he, he would, would do exactly. He, now, he's one of those guys
2: who <laughs> would do exactly what he did then. He would be a three, four edge linebacker, and he would just yes. rush the quarterback all day. Yeah, he, but he would get know, a
1: million penalties in today's game. Oh, my god, That's a million. They would just call it, like, unnecessary roughness, like hitting yeah. too hard. Like,
2: oh get out of here. You breathe too heavily on the quarterback in the NFL. 15 yards, you're going to get fined. You know, it's one of the many <sighs> reasons I just can't watch NFL as much, man. It's just
1: I get it, man. Ridiculous. I get it. Ridiculous. I, I, every, every week I see a roughing the passer call in the NFL now where I'm just like, dude, barely touched Is him, this man. even football? Is this like Yeah, it's like, is
2: this even football anymore? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you, like, I don't res- like today's receivers are incredible. Right. The, and, the, and the manner yeah. in which they work on their craft is incredibly impressive. So don't take this the wrong way. But receivers now, I don't I don't respect them from a toughness standpoint the way that I used to, because they don't have to be tough. Yeah. You don't have to, like, be worried going over the middle because there's a Dennis Smith or a Ronnie Lott or a Steve Atwater or a Chuck Cecil. Like, Chuck Cecil would literally get ejected from every single game he plays if he was in today's game. Same Steve Atwater. Like, that big hit on Christian McCoy probably get flagged on in today's era. Well, Brian, you know
1: whose career it ended early that is in this era was DJ Swearinger was a really good player for a few years, man. But then eventually it was just like he just kept getting too many penalties because that's his game. Like, he's an intimidator over the middle of the field. Like, that's what he does. And they were just like, he couldn't adjust. He couldn't adjust to it, which is just crazy. Next question is also from Matt McCarthy who says, is Jalen McClain a must get considering the need at safety after watching film? I can't understand how recruiting services have 15 to 20 other safeties ahead of him. Fair, very underrated player. I would agree yeah, that he's a very. underrated.
2: Yeah. Player. Is he a must get? I mean, I would say he's the type of guy that, yeah, they need to get, I mean, they need, they need to, to get, get that high level safeties guy. like Jalen McClain. There's no doubt. Yes. I mean, they're not in a very good position with him right now. And, yeah. and, and, it is what it is. I mean, they're still trying. They went out and saw him what Thursday last Thursday, right? I think they went out and saw yeah. him.
1: And I, I it was it, like, I talked to Jalen cause he's a New Jersey guy, right? Like it was received well, but like, there's still no plans to get up to South. Right. At he's this time. just, he's so, like, lo- again, yeah. he's
2: looking for things that Notre Dame doesn't have to offer. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. He's a bad kid. None of that. It's just, he's just not interested in what Notre Dame has to offer. And you know, it, it's weird. Cause he's a perfect Notre Dame fit in a lot of ways. He's a very perfect. good student goes to a very good yeah. school. He's He's gonna. I mean, he's the kind of kid that plays as a freshman at Notre Dame. I mean, he's Probably. he's really good. Yeah. So he's a musket in that regard. But they're just not going to get him. But Ryan, I'm bummed that he's not going to come Notre Dame because he's a top hundred player. I I I don't get why he's not a kid. I mean, he's one of those kids that you look on film and there's some kids, Ryan, that you could watch and you're like, you know, I, I get, I see now why maybe some like like I tell you a perfect example, Jaden Greathouse. Yeah. I actually understood why some people weren't as high on Jaden Greathouse as we were. I get it because there are some people, you know, they have traits that they look for, and some people look for speed a little bit more, or whatever. A guy that plays yeah. like Jaden Greathouse, they expect to be 6'4, 215. I, I get it. I don't agree with it, but I get it. It's an but acquired I, taste for some people. I get it. Yeah. But when I look at Jalen McLean and I see that 247 sports and rivals have him as a three star, I, I say, I don't think you watch the right kid on film. I really I don't think, don't think you saw the right kid. Now, maybe, I, and I've done that before, right? Where I watch a kid and I'm like, I watched the wrong kid. Or you watch sophomore film and then that kind of yeah. gets, that's like, perfect example, Grant Bricks. I did not like Grant Bricks' film at all as a sophomore. I just didn't. And I remember we had Brian Smith on a few weeks ago when you were on vacation and he's like, this kid's athletic. And I'm like, is he really? Well, I hadn't watched his film in a while because I didn't think Notre Dame was necessarily in a great place with him. And then I went and watched his junior film and I'm like, I texted Brian, I was like, dude, you were you nailed that one. Like, this kid different. is really good. Like, he is really this is a different guy. Remember Taylor Dever, the late Taylor Dever? Yes. He was like that. His junior film, he he people say, Well, how did how did people miss Taylor Dever? He didn't have any Power Five offers as a junior. I'm like, Cause he wasn't a Power Five player as a junior. That's why he didn't have Power Five offers. But just like you watch a senior film, like, this is a different dude. This is not the same guy. Guys sometimes develop though, at you, different rates. Man. Right, but sometimes you do rates. watch the wrong guy. I mean, that's, yeah. it makes me think, like, did you guys evaluate the wrong dude? Is there, like, a Jalen McClain in, like, southern Jersey or northern Jersey that you thought was this kid that isn't this kid? Because I don't know how you watch that kid and say he's not a top 100 football player. It, you could say, okay, top 150, like ESPN has a 157. I'm not going to argue with that. I'd have him in the top 100, but I'm not going to argue with that. On three is 105. But you have him as a – Rivals has him as number 48 safety in the country. And 247 is number 37 safety in the country. Like, I don't know what sure. you're looking I, at.
1: I'm not sure there's 5 or 7 better safeties in yes.
2: 2024 Agree. than
1: him. Agree. Like he's a very Agree. good player, man. He's and really and
2: we're player. saying that as we've just now we just sat down and admitted he's not coming to Notre Dame. He's no. sadly he's not coming to Notre Dame. Unless but there's, there's no change
1: drastically
2: there, yes. They have the kid from uh who, who's a nice player, but they have that uh to, a Torre kid from from Irvington yeah. ahead of him. He's not even the top safety in Jersey, according to them. And I'm just like, I don't, uh, I don't get it, man. I don't know what y'all are looking at. Cause that kid, he's when I watch him play, I'm like, that's a dude. He can run. He's physical. He's not powerful, but he's physical. You know what I mean? He can cover, but he's instinctive. I don't get it. He's a top 100 player to me. I wish he would give Notre Dame a, a better look, but he's not, but he is a, He's a ideal I, I free
1: safety in today's game, man.
2: Ideal yep. free safety, yes. Yep, absolutely.
1: Next question from Matt McCarthy got a bunch of good ones today. Yeah, we're gonna is- get.
2: He's got three right at the top. I just wanted to get Love them it. all out there.
1: His question is: Why is Chris Cole rated so low by pretty much everyone? With all the spread offenses today, he's a perfect linebacker to have. I agree with that. Once yeah. he gets the weight room, he'll be a monster in college. I, Matt, this well, is another I think, one where I, I keep talking about these recruiting rankings, Brian. I keep talking about it, man. There's some weird ones this year. On Chris three Cole has him as the
2: number 135 one linebacker in the country.
1: Insane, man. Absolutely insane.
2: And 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 now, again, I don't think, right, if I had to predict right now, I don't think Notre Dame gets Chris Cole right now. I, I don't. Yeah. I think he probably goes to, like, Penn State or an SEC school right now. Now, Notre Dame's in it. They're trying. He likes Notre Dame. I'm just saying if I had to make a prediction today, it would probably not be Notre Dame. But I watch that kid play and I'm like, I don't see what you're saying. Now here but here's the thing. What are some of the reasons why? Okay, number one is I don't I don't know of any camps he's gone to. Number one. Yeah. Number two, he's in Salem, Virginia. He's out in the middle of nowhere. Right. And and now Salem has produced some really good football players, but he's just he's not at a you know, that's where they have the division three national championship every year. You know, I mean he he it's it's Kind of like Northwestern Virginia, it's in Shenandoah area. It's not like a, a a place. It's kind of near Roanoke. You know, it's not a place that a lot of scouting services are going to get out and see the kid at some seven on seven tournament or, or go to his high right. school. College coaches are getting out there now. Sure, and he's got a very impressive offer list. And I mean, Georgia's offered him, Notre Dame's offered him, Miami's offered him, Penn State's offered him. I mean, Tennessee's offered him, Florida, Florida State have offered him, A and M, USC. I mean, colleges know what this kid is. Yes. I honestly don't know. I, I I, mean, part of me wonders if because there's so much more emphasis on camps that because he hasn't gone to any camps or played any seven on sevens that I'm aware of that they just don't know about him. I mean, ESPN and rivals don't even have him graded. That's why. I mean, well, you know, and I'm just like, I I look that's, at this kid, like, right? I'm like, like this guy's like the- a dude.
1: That's like DeMello Jones. Remember Brian when he was offered, uh-huh. and no one had him ranked. Right. Like no one had him ranked. I'm like, and, right. and, and then all of a sudden he's a high right. four star. I'm like, he didn't like, go to any camps or he, anything. Like so, how that so, happened?
2: So Rivals has him ranked as a five seven three star, right? Yeah. But yeah. here's why I know they actually have not evaluated him because they have him as a five point seven three star, but they ha- do not have him ranked in the state or at or the position. And so that tells me they have not evaluated him. And, and how I know that is because I look at the, the, the Virginia rankings for, for the state and they have the top 30 players of Virginia. They have a kid named Kashawn Henderson is the number 30 player in the state. He's a five, five uh, star. So it's lower. Yeah, much lower. Yeah. And, and so this is what I try to explain to you all the other day. What rivals does uh, the number 20 player in the state of Virginia is a five, six, three star. Right, giving you just further proof that this kid they gave a five, seven, three. So why? Why did they do that? The number 15 player in the state of Virginia is a five, six, three star. Let me go to the number 10 player in the state of Virginia. Okay, now you start getting up to the five, seven range. So, so here's the here's the point. Right? Here's the point, Ryan. What I've said to y'all before is why you gotta be very careful looking at rankings. So, how does a kid with a higher overall star great ranking, five, seven, three-star? How is he not ranked in the top 30 in the state of Virginia, but a bunch over, uh, there's 30 kids ranked, almost two-thirds of them are ranked lower than him on the 5.7 grade. But he's right. not ranked in the state. Why? Because they look at the offer list and they say, well, we haven't watched the film of him, but he's got this really good offer list, so let's just <laughs> throw a five. Se-. That's exactly what they do, Ryan. I- I'm telling yeah. you, I know that for a fact. And that's why you can have a kid that's ranked higher than other kids in the state of Virginia, but not actually ranked in the state rankings because they haven't broken his film down. How yeah. the freaking heck do you not have this kid evaluated and graded at this point in time? Like that, that's the thing for me. It's, it's, it's just, it's why I keep telling y'all there's, there's more and more reason that I tell you over and over and over and over again, why you just. The rankings need to be looked at. They're fun to look at, honestly, right? I mean, the, the, it is. But you've got to look at them in the proper, the proper framework, and the, with the proper understanding of what they are now. They're not what they used to be. And I've said this before. When Barton Simmons would try to evaluate a kid, I felt like he, whether I agreed or disagreed with him, was sort of staking his reputation on his evaluation of that kid.
1: Which is and how they it should really want it. Exactly how it should, how it should
2: be. Should be. Yeah. And and the old rivals guys back in the day when I first started following rivals, they were that way too. Now I'd have my disagreements with them, but you always felt like they were at least trying to get it right. Tom Lemming tries to get it right. Now he clearly has a northern bias, but that's fine. Sure. He never <laughs> doesn't hide it though. He doesn't right. But he's giving you his honest assessment of kids. So much of recruiting nowadays is either misguided in that they just put all this emphasis on stuff that happens without pads on, or B, it's you know, it's it's for show. Yep. Or C, it's like there's there's uh business decisions behind where they have kids ranked. And that's why I just don't take it seriously. And I look at the person who's like in charge of recruiting and scouting for 247. I'm like, I worked with that guy. I have no clue how to evaluate film. None. And he's in charge of the rankings process for 247. You know, so it's just hard to take those things seriously anymore, to be completely yep. honest with you. And um, that's why I don't. But how do you look at this kid, Ryan, and you don't see a kid like you? Like here's the thing, offer lists aren't the end all be all either. Look at Teddy Rezac. Yes, but sometimes you got to be willing, and this is what I do when when I when I look at a kid. If like I see an offensive lineman, I'm like, I don't love the kid, but then I find out like Wisconsin wanted him. This is back when they in in Iowa wanted him, and Houston yeah. wanted him. I'm like, okay, I need to watch this kid's film again. I need to watch some get some game film and really study this kid because guys that I respect have offered this kid. When you look at a kid like Chris Cole's offer list and you say, okay, that should not affect your ranking. It shouldn't, but it should at least cause you to go back and look at it with a with a more open-minded view to say, I might be missing something here. There's always a verification
1: right? to this process. And there yeah. needs
2: to be that. And sometimes you're like, you know what? I, I see, you know, maybe I watched some older film. I thought I had junior film, but it was actually sophomore film. And I see a different, or maybe I watched a bad game because like, she said, well, you got to watch game film. But what if you watched the worst game the kid played? Sure. You have no context. He had flu the night before, right? I mean, all right. Uh, there's all types of different things and and that's why you got to watch multiple games if you can, and the highlights and do all that kind of stuff because that kid is to me a uh, that's a at the very least a top one fifty football player, Ryan at the, uh, very, I agree. Least. the I agree. very least.
1: Ryan. He was one of those kids when they first offered him. I'm like, okay. I get that one. Like, I yes. saw like five plays. I'm like, like yeah, 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 that kid's good. That kid's yeah.
2: Good. <laughs> you don't have to watch a whole lot of highlights to say this kid's good. Now you say, okay, how good is, you know, where does he stack up? That's where you watch more film. But that, yes. it didn't take long for you to be like, yep, okay. I see that one. I see that one for sure. Good, good, good question. Good question, Matt. You got us fired up today with a couple of your questions, man. I love it. Absolutely love it.
1: Next question is from USMA87 who says, do you predict the preferred walk on safety? Will get on the field this year, only special teams or as a safety? That, of course, is Luke Talich, mm-hmm. who is a safety out of the state of Wyoming for this question.
2: You know, I hope not because I'd like to see him yeah. redshirt. That's same. my thing. Now, Luke, I put Luke in the same category as some of the other incoming freshmen because I've said this before. I know he's a preferred walk-on, but when I'm evaluating Luke Talich and I'm evaluating the 2023 recruiting class, I count him in, in my evaluation as a – scholarship player because yeah. he's he's a scholarship talent right he turned down multiple pac-12 offers to co- committable offers to come to notre dame yes i hope he doesn't play though because I, he's the guy that i want to see be a five-year player ryan i want to see what his body looks like when he's a fifth-year guy Oh man, I, I really do. Like it. will really
1: be do. he's gonna be like a six three, two hundred and twenty-pound, like at least monster at least. rover. Like it would
2: not <laughs> no. shock me if he's playing inside at some point in time, Ryan. Yeah, it really wouldn't be shocked I mean, either. It, it, it's gonna depend on his frame, right? That's what it comes down to. But like, you know, he reminds me a lot of, and this is my perfect example for a fourth. My my prototype rover is Thomas Brown, who who Mike Elko had it at uh, Wake Forest. Now I'd like a guy a little bit rangier, but as far as the body type, do you remember him at all yeah. from from Wake back in 16? or something Oh like my that, right? gosh, yeah. rangy, yeah. smooth, rangy. Now he wasn't real fast. You know, if I, if I, I don't, he, he didn't play fast. I don't know what he timed. I mean, he didn't really play fast. So, I mean, he would. Yeah, I would want a more dynamic athlete. But as far as the body type, but that's what I see in Luke Talich. I see a very similar body type: six three, long, yes. you know, two twenty plus physical you see a lot of that rover ability in him ryan but at, right now he's like well let me see what he does at safety first and then see right. if you know we need to make that move but uh my hope is he doesn't play like maybe three or four games on special teams because i really want to see that kid be a five-year player i really he's, do I, I said this before but i would be shocked if he's not a scholarship
1: player and i would be shocked if he wasn't Soon. playing football for Notre yeah. Dame at some point in his career like yeah he's, yeah,
2: he, he's not a typical he's not your typical no walk I mean walk on kid he's a he's a division one football player
1: well well, Brian we had somebody in the show say last week that they heard he had gotten a scholarship which we of course we we said on the board that he had not been offered a scholarship kind of to refute that but when someone said that though my mind didn't go like that's absurd that's ludicrous I'm like "Eh, maybe that's possible I mean like well we that's why we looked into
2: it because you're like that makes sense you know like you're gonna you're look there's no way in my opinion I don't see any way they can go through four four years of him not being on scholarship i just i don't think so i don't i think it's going to be tough you know and and but if you can get a year out of them great you know but i mean he he's a scholarship caliber player i mean maybe two at the most i mean i would be curious what the you know if there's any conversations about that with notre dame i'm not quite sure how that works but i'd be very curious about that same but he's a scholarship caliber football player there's no doubt in my mind no doubt in my mind
1: Next question is from Corey Hardy, who says, what position is the biggest need and what crew recruits would be most excited about for that said position?
2: That's a good question, Ryan. Um, can we go one offense, one defense? It'd sure. Fun offense yeah. is pretty, cause it's pretty easy. It's offensive line and yeah. the big, the recruit I'm most excited about. It's probably Kirby Lambert, but I'm telling you yeah. what, man. The more I've dove into Grant Bricks's film, that's a that's a nasty physical dude. That's pretty athletic. I I don't know. I haven't. I need to try and find some more film of him actually pass blocking. Yeah. But he he looks more linear athletically and lateral athletically than Sullivan Abshire did as a yes. junior, in my opinion. There. Uh, and so he's a kid I'm pretty fired up about. But I, I, I mean, obviously Gearby stuff the, the the guy at the highest ceiling. So those two guys are probably ones the most excited about. Ryan, right? anybody that you would throw into that conversation?
1: It, I think it has to be Gearby because Corey. To your question, not only is it the biggest need on offense because we agree there, uh, offensive line, but also Brian, we need a guy that can play. Left tackle. Like Notre Dame needs that guy. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like Grant Bricks is a really good player. I would love Grant Bricks in the class, but he's more of a right tackle type than he is a left tackle type. From what we see so far. Right. Yes. Right.
2: From what we know of him so
1: far. Agree with you, Brian. So So it would be Gerby Lambert for me, no doubt. Defensively, man. I'm I'm gonna say it out. I'm gonna say it right now, Brian. Like we have Look, there's there's a couple needs right now in this defensive class. There's still some spots that need to get shored three up. Big
2: needs, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you can make an argument for safety, linebacker, or defensive line as far right. as I mean, the biggest it, needs, it's, right? It's right up
2: the middle for me. It's yeah. D tackle, linebacker, safety. I mean, yeah. it's 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 right up the middle. Yeah. So, but the biggest of all three of them to me is still safety because at linebacker, you can afford here's the thing about linebacker, and we should have said this during the the Teddy Rizak thing. This is the year you can take a chance on a kid like that. This is the year you can take a flyer on a kid like that because you recruited linebackers so well the two years before. Right. And and because you've gone through a semester of you saw Jaden Osbury in person, you saw Drake Bowen in person, and you saw Preston Zinner in person, and you realize like this is the conclusion the staff came to very quickly with Drake and Jaden, and they came to by the end of the spring with Preston Zinner is we hit. <laughs> yeah. We hit with these guys. Right, we hit with them, and same thing with Nolan Ziegler and Jalen Steed. Now they're probably a, a, ideally like a guy short numbers wise, but then you think about okay, but what about Luke Talich? You got to think about him possibly being in this conversation. But the point is, Ryan, you hit on the linebacker in the last two classes, and all in the and the two kids that you have at linebacker from the twenty twenty two class, both redshirted, and Jalen Steed and Nolan Ziegler. Yeah. You hit on this year's class, so this is a year you can afford to. Because it's two reasons. Number one, because you hit and Number two, because it's not a very good linebacker year, you can afford to take some flyers on some kids that may need some time. So that's why linebacker to me is not my number one. Safety, two things. Number one, you can't afford to miss. And number two, you need to land dudes that can help you now. now. You have to. Because so I know, all, I know your answer the, now. I know your answer. Yeah, that. it's I safety. I mean, it's 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 safety. It's oh, no, I, I know safety. the
1: play, I know the player too. It's probably DeWan okay. Lane, if
2: I have that right. Um I'm torn between him and Davis Andrews to me. Okay. I love both of those guys, but I mean Dewan Lane's the guy that has the body to play or sooner. But I think you know, for me right now, it's one A, one B. They're great on my board is like a point away, a point off. And Dave DeWan gets it because he's just a little bit bigger and stronger. I have uh davis grades out a little bit higher on the athletic stuff uh, they're both pretty versatile guys they're they're my one a one b at safety honestly at this at this point time ryan uh for me of of the of the realistic options in my opinion but you, i mean you ryan to your point though you need why did you think Dewan lane because you think physically he's probably the guy that's most ready to come in and play right away but you're gonna need a safety to come in and, and at least be in the two deep yeah because, because we're all fired up about Xavier Watts right now, right? But here's the yeah. thing. But what if Xavier does exactly what we think he's going to do? Dude's a senior. Yeah, it's not a given that he's going to come back for a fifth year. I hope he does, but it's not a given. And if he leaves, or if there's an injury to him and him or Ramon Henderson, you're now you're really screwed numbers wise yeah. Yeah. because of your just complete disaster of recruiting that position for years. You completely struck out in the 22 class of safety completely struck out
1: if, if you, know, you don't do well just... this cycle man it's it's bad because I mean Brian you can if I'm a safety right now I look at that depth chart and I'm like I could play as a freshman and yet that's yeah. still not overly enticing for whatever reason to some guys I, I don't I don't know man it's just it's not gonna be great because I, I agree with you I think safety and then I also had thoughts to Justin Scott playing defensive tackle in the defense. Yeah. Like, that was the other one. Cause it's just like, he's the best player on the board defensively. And you also need to continue to improve that defensive line. So, whether it's safety or it's interior defensive line, I'm good with it. I think that you are, you hit on a couple of the guys that make sense at safety. But I would also throw in Justin Scott at defensive tackle cause it's just, well, he's a big best.
2: Need. He's top overall, right? Like, yeah. that's the big one. But where I went with this, Ryan, is he was asking the question about the biggest need. And then the player that's most important at that position. Right. The most, the number, the top number one target on the board for the defensive class is Justin Scott. I mean, it's, it's, there's no question. Right. That, that's easy. But I was kind of sticking to what the question was, which is at the position that is the biggest need, who are the guy you most excited about? I think probably the reason I would lean towards Dewan Lane as I think about it, Ryan, is because the thing that's the tiebreaker between him and Davis Andrews is I really want to get back in the state of Maryland and start having more success in the state of Maryland. That's fair. Yeah. But as players, yeah. they're almost identical as far as the ranking. Now, they're different type of player, right, in my opinion, but that's kind of where I would have those two, in my opinion. I did want to respond right. to something else here, here real quick, Ryan, too, uh, mm-hmm. from um, – I want to see here. Brandon Plezner says, how about just taking two solid linebackers instead of a flyer? Uh, see, to me, I'd rather take the flyer than the solid linebacker, right? To me, the flyer kid has a chance to be something special down the road, right? You're taking a flyer on a guy that you think has a very high ceiling. A solid linebacker, more often than not, just turns out to be just a solid linebacker. Uh, to me, it's that's part of the strategy, though. We did so well the previous two years that you can take a flyer. Why not take a flyer? Right on a kid, and I'm not saying that Teddy Rizak has to be that guy. You know, I mean, to me, Chris Cole has a lower floor than like Kingston, for example. Right. Yep. So you're you're taking a risk that the floor doesn't get where you need it to be, but it's worth the risk because the ceiling is incredibly high. I mean, to me, like potential day one, day two draft picked high, in my opinion. Now he's got a ways to go to get there. But that's what the ceiling is for a kid like that. Why not take a flyer on a guy like that, right? And so that's kind of where I'm coming from. And, and, and then Brandon followed up says, "Okay, well, two stellar linebackers, then. Okay, but fine. If I got, if you were to tell me right now that tomorrow Kingston will commit, and then on Wednesday Chris Cole will commit, that's my top two linebackers on the board. Say, okay, so you just stop recruiting linebackers? I'm like, why? If there's a kid out there with a high ceiling that's raw that you're taking a bit of a flyer on and you've targeted three as the number you want to take in this class because you only have five from the previous two years, and as much as I'm like, hey, great, Jalen Seed, you know, he he redshirt, Jalen Seed's probably not a five-year player. Uh, He's probably not. And so you say, okay, well, why not take that other kid? Because you don't need him to play early on. And if you do get a Kingston, for example, or a Chris Cole, and, and you have him with the guys from last year, You you even it even incentivizes you even more to take a flyer on a kid like that, in my opinion. Now, if you get to the point where like, hey, we do we take a third linebacker or a third safety? Well, duh, you take the third safety. You have to take the third safety. But that's kind of not where they are. And then the other part, Brandon says, well, what about because the 25 class is loaded a linebacker? Number one, I I couldn't tell you a linebacker in a 25 class right now that I know Notre Dame is going to get. Do you, Ryan? I mean, can you think no. of a guy that right now you say, boy, if if that guy was going to decide today, he's going to pick Notre Dame? I, I don't mm-hmm. know that there's that guy, in my opinion. I know that there's guys I wish, I wish that Anthony Saka was ready to commit like right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really like Christian Jones. I really I mean, and, and I mean, probably my top linebacker on the board right now in the 23 classes is, is Noah McHale, probably. I mean, if I had to go back and, and look at it, but he's a dude. You know, there's a lot of really good linebackers in this class, but can you tell me right now the guy that you definitely think Notre Dame's going to get? I can't. No, nah, not right now. And here's it's the other part. Conclusion. Who's that kid going to, who's the, because we're talking about Teddy Rizak, right? I mean, that's what we're, we're, we beating around the bush. That's what we're talking about. Who's he scaring off in next year's class? Who, who's going to be afraid to come to Notre Dame because they signed Teddy Rizak as their third linebacker?
1: I, I so think you, Brandon's more saying like keeping the spot open, I guess. But, you, but, but
2: the thing is, you don't, you don't have to, if you take him, you don't have to take one less guy next year. You're now in position where you just keep taking three a year at this point in time. That's kind of where they're at right now. Yeah. So there's no spot that gets close. Look, you're basically just trying to talk yourself into justifying t- passing on this kid. And I, I get it right. I understand it is what it is, but there's just no need. I think Ryan said it perfectly earlier how will I feel about them taking Teddy Rezak? Talk to me when I know who the other two linebackers in the class are going to be. Yep. Then I'll have an opinion. I'll, I'll be able to be, give you, I can tell you what I think of him right now as a player, what I like and what my concerns are. But as far as evaluating how he fits into the class, talk to me at the end. Cause like, I, I feel the same way a little bit, kind of like I did with Cole Sullivan. Okay. I mean, I actually, I like this kid more than Cole Sullivan to be completely honest with you. I'm, I'm not the biggest Cole Sullivan fan in the world. But it's like, well, I got to know who they're going to get with them, right, before I can tell you, you know, if, if I'm going to take the flyer on that kind of guy. This kind of kid I'm I'm cool with as long as there's another kid in the class by the name of Kingston Mesa Get him, and I'm cool with this. Because that's how I feel about, like, kids like this, Ryan. If you're going to take a kid like this at a position, you better take a dude at that position as well, right? I mean, that's – I'll take a flyer on Carson Hobbs because I got Leonard Moore. Sure. Right? Like, I'll take a flyer on Kennedy Erlacher if you're going to tell me I'm also going to get a Davis Andrews or Dewan Lane. Right? Like, I'll take a flyer on a guy like Isaiah Canyon, although I don't think it's much of a flyer, but some people do, because I've got Cam Williams and Mike Gilbert. Very much high-floor guys, right? Yep. And that's how I feel about it, is got to complement it correctly. And if, if you like this kid's upside, and you want to take that shot on him, and you feel, as long as you land those other dudes, great. I mean, that's great. And he... He mentioned his three for next year. He said uh, Anthony Saka, Noah McHale, and Christian Jones. That's Notre Dame's linebacker class last year. (laughs) Sign me up. Yes. Sign me up for real. Have you guys? Have you Ryan? Have you seen Noah McHale? Have you seen his film? Yep. Oh my
1: gosh. Yep. Yep. Very explosive. Very explosive. Yeah. That's your. him at will christian jones at mike and then anthony sackett rover to start and then maybe yes. transitions to will like yeah that is yep. an
2: athletic physical linebacking class like yes. that is a cool oh boy
1: all along as well i mean oh the my sh- gosh, shortest yes. guy there is six foot three so yes yeah.
2: Yeah. yes yeah. absolutely that'd be one heck of a linebacker class no question yep.
1: we had a super chat from rob osgood thank you so much rob Hey guys, about Teddy Rizak, all I want to know is, is he can play. I know Notre Dame can can't recruit all five stars. Things are going to be in the right direction, and I am excited.
2: Here's, here's the thing for me, Rob, is I just don't know if I have enough faith right this second in Al Golden to just give him the benefit of the doubt like I do with like a Carson Hobbs and Mike Mickens. Right? If Mike Mickens were to go after a corner like that was a similar uh, place as like a Teddy Rezac, right? Ryan, like if it was a kid Mm -hmm. that you looked at and said, okay, you know, I see some things, but I have some question marks and I have some, some concerns here and some concerns there, you know, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because I trust Mike Mickens. I trust Mike Mickens exponentially because of what he has proven. If, you know when Harry Heastin says, "Hey, I, I think this kid can play tackle," and I look at the film and I don't think he can play tackle. I'm like, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's proven to me that that he can re- identify and evaluate and recruit that kind of player, and and he gets it right a big chunk of the time. Mike make it the same way. I don't know that I have that level of faith in Al and Al Golden, and and I know what he did at Temple and and but he he constantly brought in guys like that at Miami that just never panned out. Now, maybe Miami wasn't coached well enough, or, you know, maybe that was the case. And uh, who knows? There could have been more issues at at play there than just bad evaluations. But he just hasn't earned that for me at this point in time. Now, having said that, when I look at the film, I'll tell you the things I like. Can this kid play football? Yeah, this kid can play football. Can he run? Yeah, he can run. The question that we have, rightfully so, is, does he project to be like I'll probably, I'll tell you this there are kids I recruited at the division three level that I coached at the I I coached a cornerback at Christopher Newport and um um you know it's a situation where um you know there it's a situation where this kid named Rob Rodriguez and um hold on one second so, uh, a kid named Rob Rodriguez was cornerback at it. Christopher Newport. He was a phenomenal football player. Fast, like four four kid. He he could he could walk up by. We had an offensive lineman named Chris. I think it was Chris Cole. I think is actually the kid's name. Something like Chris Chris something is two C's. Backup offensive line. He's like six three and a half, like three hundred some pounds. Rob could walk up behind this kid, put his hands on Chris's shoulder pads, and leap over him. Use him to propel himself over. Rob was five six. He was a – and he actually got a tryout with the Kansas City Chiefs. But he was 5'6", like 155 pounds. Like, athletically, he could play with anybody. I mean, he was a freaky athlete. I mean, he had an interception in a, in a playoff game against my alma mater, actually, where he's playing corner, and he wasn't even playing cover three. And they threw a seam route, and he just came over and just dove. and I mean, it was just a, like, good God, that was just a ridiculous play. But he's five, six, 155 pounds. And that's the thing with this kid is this kid runs like a like a Notre Dame linebacker. This kid has instincts like you'd want from a Notre Dame linebacker. My question is, can this kid get to the size that you need to be a Notre Dame linebacker? That's my big question. Does he have the power to play like a Notre Dame linebacker? Those are my questions. And and I think that um, those are those are the things you look for. I, I want to take a break right now. So Ryan had to leave. And I'm going to ask all of you uh, that believe in the power of prayer like me to keep him and his wife in your prayer. So Ryan just got a message uh, his wife had to be taken to the hospital. And, uh, as you know, his, he's due for his second child in a little less than a month. And, um, just there's some concerns there. So just, um, I don't get into too much of it. I did ask Ryan, if it was okay that I tell you all at least that. And so please keep him in your prayers. Cause, um, obviously there's some concern there. So, uh, he will not be back with us for the show today. I'm going to finish it up. Right. But, um, uh, just please keep Ryan in your prayers today, folks, because um, obviously he he looked very concerned when he left, but um, he doesn't know a whole lot right now. He just got that call, uh, but they had to go uh, take his wife to the hospital. So just keep him in your prayers and his baby in your prayers, please, um, as we, as we go through. So I want to, I want to get back on track here, but um, yeah, just, uh, just keep my guy in your prayers, folks. I appreciate that very much. Jimmy Smith with a question. He says, "Marty Auer played well in the spring game. Uh, he's the walk-on safety. Any chance he can get some PT?" Jimmy, I'll tell you what. I don't. I don't know if if he's a guy that I would would really want as part of my safety rotation week after week after week because I don't know that he, i I don't know about his like coverage skills, but you know, he's a really pretty quality athlete. But I'll tell you something right now. That's a kid that if you put him in the game against Navy, he probably has fifteen tackles. He's the kind of kid that you can put on special teams, and and he doesn't play special teams like you'd say like a walk-on. He's a, he could be a really good special teams player. I guess a good football player. know, again, does he have the speed to be a, an every-down safety at Notre Dame? I don't know the answer to that. He's not the biggest guy, but he will hit you, and he's smart, and he can run pretty well. So uh, he's a guy that I would, I would uh, certainly keep an eye on. Certainly keep an eye on and would not be shocked if number 19's running down on kickoffs and punts this year. Wouldn't be shocked by that at all, at, or even on the front line of the kick return team. Wouldn't be shocked by that. He's a good football player, really good football player. Ant VR says, how much of an impact do you think the quality of Notre Dame's athletic facilities has on high school recruits decision-making process? So he, here's where I'm at with, uh, with that one. Uh, and this is a, this is a very good question uh to me it's one of those things where you're not going to get a kid on campus who loves Notre Dame wants to be at Notre Dame and and just sees all the value but the facilities aren't good enough so he doesn't come that's not what we're talking about what it comes down to is it's a situation where you're you look at it and say but what if things are like really close he loves the academic piece of Notre Dame, but the football piece over here is better. Uh, he likes the coaches here at Notre Dame, but the scheme fit is better over here at this other place. Uh, you know, Notre Dame is a little farther away from home, and that school is is closer, so that's an advantage there. You know, it's really tough picking between the two schools, and then you say, okay, but this school has uh, this school has better facilities you know better training program they've got a better nutrition program they've got these cool sleep pods that help you with recovery and all these then it all of a sudden it becomes a, a deal breaker when everything else is kind of equal it can be that kind of deal breaker where it sends you over the top and, and allows you to pick that school um and um i think that's where it matters a, a, a lot more a lot more give me one second Here, real quick a oh, very good question ant very good question bob koski says what the heck is the administration going to When the heck is the administration going to loo- lo- loosen up on requirements so we can stop missing out on elite studs um bob i don't i don't think that's the argument that i care to have honestly there are so many kids out there like for example keon Keeley was like a 3.4 gpa Peyton Bone was like a 3.2 GPA. I'm trying to think. Dante Moore, his grades were fine. I think he was about around a 3.0 or, or higher. I mean, I think his junior year, he had like two semesters where he was like a 4.0. Uh, like The only kid they lost because of academics was Brandon Hillman. And, and I have my issues with that. I have my issues with how that went down. But the academic requirements is not what's keeping Notre Dame from being a big time football program. It's not. I think the admissions office needs to work with Notre Dame a bit more and and they'll loosen it. It's always back and forth. They'll loosen, tighten, loosen, tighten. There are so many more bigger issues at Notre Dame right now than academic requirements that I care to spend most of my time on. There's a situation here and there that I'll have beef with. But overall, I mean, from everything I've been told, the admissions department has tightened up its standards a little bit since Marcus Freeman's taken over, but they still work with them. And, and um, you know, I just, I think they they did not do a good job with the Brandon Hillman situation, but look, the reality is there's plenty of kids out there that are big time football players that are also big time students that that to me, isn't the issue. There's a lot of things the administration needs to do a better job with a lot to me. That's not uh, that's not one of the ones that I'm, I'm just going to spend a lot of time fighting on, to be honest with you. Matt McCarthy asks, Do you think the staff has a preference between Grant Bricks and Stiles Prescott? Would they take who met whoever commits first? I don't know about a preference. Uh, that's not a question I've asked. What I have been told is that they would take whoever comes to come first. So basically there's they're they're looking at four spots. My understanding is like Prescott, Prescott, Bricks, a couple other guys are sort of guys that they want to get one of. Liam Andrews is one they like. I don't think he's as high on them as as, as they are on him, but that's kind of one. Um, but it is a situation where they would take one of those and then basically recruit Gerby Lambert and trying to get Gary Lambert. That's what I've been told is kind of the, the plan. We'll see if, if, if it gets to that. And uh, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that question if he's going to come, but that's the plan is right now. You don't need four line. You don't need four minus class. I think they'd like four if it's the right four. So I don't, I don't think it's a situation, Matt, where if Grant Grant Bricks wanted to come, they'd say, hold off. We need to find out about styles. Or if styles wanted to commit, they'd say, hold off. we got to find out what's going on with Grant first. I think that they would take the, my understanding is they would take the first one that wants to commit. All right. Rob Osgood asks, Hey guys, great info on the board today. Thank you. Question is with the influx of recruiting in North Carolina and Georgia, where else do you see Notre Dame targeting for the future? So uh, he's talking about an article that I did at irisbreakdown.com and it, it gets into how you can kind of evaluating Notre Dame's recruiting strategy and looking at it from the standpoint of the NFL draft and the, and then how the NFL draft is, pro, you know, what States are producing talent and showing how Notre Dame's, shift in strategy is, is smart based on that. You know, there's a lot of talk about how, you know, Florida, 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 and Florida is legit, but Florida's number two in the last five years of producing NFL players. And I believe that's even inflated a little bit more because my understanding, when I look at these, when I look at these, uh, these breakdowns of, of where kids are coming from and, um, you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let me just pull it up real quick. That let me just I'm gonna try to find the uh articles, NFL draft picks. Let's see, I'm gonna try to find this here real quick. But I believe when I when I read the articles, if I remember correctly, that when they uh they do them, like they count IMG guys as Florida kids, even though like a lot of Florida kids don't are are, are or a lot of the IMG kids aren't necessarily from. From Florida. So, for example, I'm looking at um, Florida in 2019 produced 34 kids of the NFL. And there's, uh, see, one, two, three from IMG Academy, right? Well, I'm pretty sure that one of those kids from IMG Academy wasn't actually from the state of Florida, if I remember correctly. So, you know, you, you look at it, I'm, I'm actually going to look that up because I don't believe he was from the state of Florida. So let me just look that up here real quick, just to make sure that I'm correct on that. Yeah, he was from he was from Georgia, I believe. And I'm talking about Isaac Nada, right? So I believe he was a kid that was from the state of Georgia, but they count him as being from Florida. So Florida's number two, and, and there's even going to be, you know, not a bunch. It's probably like maybe 10 guys at the most. But the point is there's a lot of guys that are going to be on there um, that – you look at it and say, "Man, like that's not really Florida guy, but it's still high." But Texas is number one. It's the whole point. I took that long road to get there. But Texas is number one. They had 155 guys. Florida was number number two with 150, and then number three is Georgia at 108. Number four is California. Well, then you look at, at at it and you say, OK, well, now you understand why Notre Dame is recruiting the state of Texas so much more. And if and so in the article I talk about, you know, Georgia is number three, Texas number one. Notre Dame hasn't had a lot of success in Florida. So they're focusing more on Texas and Georgia and and looking at just the, the success they've had there. And a the thing that I pointed out, if you look at the numbers in the five years before Marcus Freeman became part of the. So I basically count Marcus Freeman as a like 22, 23 and then the 24 class. And if you look at the five years before, so that's the seventeen to the twenty-one classes. Notre Dame didn't really put as much emphasis in the state of te- in the state of Texas like they should have, in my opinion. And they're offering a bunch more kids. I think I think it was like three. I think they landed like three kids from the state of Texas in the five years before um, Brian Kelly or before Marcus Freeman kind of got there. Yeah, it was no, it was, it was four. They landed two in twenty seventeen and two in twenty nineteen. Well, they landed four in last year's class alone, and they have six. They have Leonard Moore in 24, and then they landed Janarian Price in 2022. So there's a greater emphasis there. We see three kids from the state of Georgia in this year's class. You see three kids from the state of North Carolina in this year's class, two in last year's class. Well, if you look at the five years before uh, Marcus Freeman got here, they only signed three kids in five years from the state of North Carolina. They've signed six in the three years since Marcus Freeman's got here. You look at the the state of Virginia, right? And so, if you look at like Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, in the the five years prior to Marcus Freeman getting here, they signed eight in five years. In the three years since he's been here, they've signed nine already. If you look at the the Midwest region, they're putting more emphasis on the on the on the, on the, on the Illinois area, in Missouri. They signed three kids in five years from Missouri. They've already got four in in Marcus Freeman's tenure. Well, then you look at the NFL draft and you start to say, OK, well, well, why are they doing that? It's because you look at the NFL draft and it, the states that they're starting, they're starting to say, hey, we got to get into those. Well, North Carolina was seventh with 46. So we always talk about, well, they got to recruit Ohio. They got to recruit Ohio. In the five last five drafts, including 2023, Ohio, oh, the state of Ohio has produced 52 NFL draft picks, which is pretty good. It ranks Ohio uh, sixth right behind Louisiana, who's 54. Well, guess who's right behind them? Only only six behind them. It's North Carolina, 46, only six behind Ohio. So do you go into Ohio and try to battle the Buckeyes for the top players in the state? Or do you go to North Carolina where you got to battle Duke? And, and Clemson do a degree. Obviously, Clemson will be a, a battle. You know, Wake Forest, NC State, North Carolina, teams like that. Where are you going to have a better chance of convincing a kid to come play for you? And so they've shifted their strategy, and you're seeing the results really pay off. And, and so to me, I, I think it's smart. I think in any asks, where else do you see Notre Dame going in the future? Well, we're already starting to see it, Rob, Arizona. Now Arizona does not rank real high in the NFL production l- list, because I think we're just now starting to see the impact of the state of Arizona in, in college. So a lot of those, you know, kids are not quite getting, being drafted yet. you are starting to see more and more and more of those kids come through. That's a state that they're starting to see more emphasis. They're going to continue to recruit the Northeast, but Pennsylvania, uh, in Jersey, Pennsylvania, especially is a, is an area that Notre Dame is putting a lot more emphasis in uh, in recent seasons. In the in the um, the five years prior to to Marcus Freeman coming, they signed eight players from Pennsylvania, but four of those were in the 2017 class, and it was like Robert Hanzy, uh, it was Bo Bauer. Oh, no, Bo was 18, so it was it was uh, Robert Hanzy, it was Kurt Heinisch, it was Josh Lugg and David Adams in that 2017 class. So like linebackers, D lineman, O lineman, stuff like that. And then they only got three guys in the next four years. Well, you know, Notre Dame's got four or two under Kelly, but what you're starting or under Freeman. So they haven't had a ton of success, but what you're seeing with their recruiting strategies, they're starting to try to emphasize Pennsylvania more. Al Golden's probably been to Pennsylvania like four times when he goes on the road recruiting and, and you're seeing, the offensive coaches go there more you're seeing Freeman go there more you're seeing them trying to really push in Maryland more so I think those are two areas Pennsylvania and Maryland. you're seeing it and and look Maryland has produced more players in the last five years in the NFL than Pennsylvania by one but 35 just one behind Michigan who's number nine and they're both ahead of Illinois is eleventh, tied for 11th with Pennsylvania with 34 so you're starting to see them start getting more and more and more. And if you look at like the top 20, Virginia, Maryland, North Carolina, South Carolina are on the top, the top 16, right. Of, of that ranking. And so you're starting to see, okay, well, if we can go into this region where being in the ACC helps us, you're seeing that you're seeing that be part of the emphasis, but there's other areas as well. St. Louis, as I mentioned is a, the Missouri state of Missouri, but especially St. Louis, uh, Chicago area, they're starting to put more emphasis on Arizona, uh, places like that you're starting to see Pennsylvania Maryland areas we're starting to see them put a little bit a little bit more emphasis on their recruiting. We have a super sticker from Nathan Milton. Thank you Nathan, very 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 much. Uh and then Nathan also asked Brian, what are your spidey senses say about Gearby Lambert? I really don't I don't know what to say about Gearby Lambert. I mean, he he doesn't talk to us, he doesn't really talk to anybody. His coaches are incredibly unhelpful when it comes to trying to learn about these kids, like just incredibly unhelpful. And so I really don't I don't I don't know kind of where you are on that one to be completely uh, completely uh, to be completely honest with you with uh, or, and I know what people on Notre Dame side feel but I, I really don't know I really don't know I really don't know where they are on that. Let's get to some more questions here everybody. We've got some questions here. We got one from um uh, Archer 452 said uh, more of a comment says um this is more about Max, actually, but uh, so that was from before. So let me get to uh, Brandon Pleasner asks, uh, do you think the staff would take Cahoon and Rezac? Honestly, I don't know, Brandon. I have not been able – I have not answered that – had that question asked or answered at this point in time. So I, I really don't know. I really don't know. Ant VR said, uh, on three said, J.J. McCarthy and Jaden Daniels are better. NFL prospects than Sam Hartman, do you agree? Hmm. Yes and no. Uh, so the the no comes from they're both very raw prospects still as passers, especially JJ McCarthy. Jane Daniels is a really good college quarterback, but I question. I look at him in college as, in the NFL as more of like a a Dorian Thompson Robinson type than I do like a, a guy that I, I view as a starting caliber quarterback. I think Sam Hartman's more of a Sam Howell type for me. So I would probably I'd probably go with Sam Hartman over Jane Daniels probably, but I I like Jaden. He's a good player, but they're both veteran guys. Jaden Daniels just hasn't been like super, super productive, in my opinion, uh, as a passer in his career. Uh, He showed some promise last year. He's going to have to continue to get better. J.J. McCarthy, I would say, is a better NFL prospect simply because the physical tools are so much better. He's taller. He's still got to fill out a lot, but he's got a nice frame. He's got a cannon for an arm, absolute cannon for an arm. And doesn't know where the heck it's going some of the time, but he's still young. I mean, his last was his true sophomore season. His first year as a starter. So I mean, he's going to continue getting better. I think some of the hype about JJ McCarthy for the twenty three season is is too much for me. But if if you take out the twenty three hype about it, and like and just look at okay if he stays and continues to develop, like I've seen people have him as a top fifteen NFL. I've seen one had him as a top ten NFL draft pick next year. I pray that J.J. – I mean, t- forget the Notre Dame st- aspect. I'm just looking at it as an evaluator. I pray that J.J. McCarthy's not in next year's draft class. My prayer is that he comes back in 2024 for one more year because I feel like if he can just get a full four years of seasoning and development and of working with Jim Harbaugh, who I do think is a very good quarterback developer – I do – I feel like then he can maybe tap into that potential where he's better making reads. He's better at throwing accurately. he's more consistency. His footwork is better. He's still got a lot of street ball in him. Very talented player, though. So I would say he's a better NFL prospect just because of the physical tools, although Sam Hartman is light years ahead of him when it comes to reading defenses and things like that, and he should be. Sam Hartman's a 6 year senior. J.J. McCarthy is a true junior. Uh, but, I mean, as of right now, that's the reality of where they are. But I think J.J., for sure, I would say has more. Has more, um, more upside in my opinion. Got a comment from Bra- Braden Spader, and I appreciate this. Braden it says, "Love this show and what IB does. Thank you for representing them, Indie Nation, giving uh, vital info to the fan base. You are welcome. Thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that very much." Blake Ham asks, "Do you think any freshman in the 2024 recruiting class can come in and immediately compete for starting position other than CJ Carr and Cam Williams?" Boy, Blake, it's a, it's a little early for that just because, I mean, these kids are still juniors in high school. Um, yeah, it, it's very early for that. I mean, and even with even with those two, there's still another year left. I would say Isaiah Canyon, if he makes the kind of progress I think he can make, Micah Gilbert physically is a kid that could come in and, and, and play right away. I don't know if the need is going to be there, but if, as far as just being physically ready to play right away, those are guys that I think could play right away. I think Owen Waifel is a guy that might be able to work his way in the rotation early on in his career, maybe even as a freshman. But, you know, talking about a starting position, I mean, I, I, I'm i not talking about Cam Williams as a starter in college. He's a junior in high school. I, I wouldn't quite – I'm not quite there yet, Blake, where, where I'm ready. So he's going to come in and be a starter as a freshman. I mean, he's got some pretty darn good players ahead of him that he's going to have to beat out if he's going to be a starter. I think he can play. I think the focus for me when I'm talking about juniors – is more of is this kid on a projection to be able to help you as a freshman more so than saying hey can this guy start for you? I'm just not um, uh, I'm just not sure I feel uh, great about projecting that far in my opinion, and that's kind of that's that's where I feel about that one. Indie Cle- cheat sheet asks could you guys give a comp of Cole Mullins and Teddy Rezac uh, with Josh Burnham and Nolan Ziegler? So I'm with you on the Teddy Rizak, nolan Ziegler one. That one makes a lot of sense. And I think Nolan was a little thicker at the same age, and Nolan was definitely stronger at the same age. There's no doubt. Nolan's a strong kid, and he was a thicker kid. But athletically, there's a lot of similarities, both fast. Nolan Ziegler's Ziegler's a very fast kid. Um, Play a lot of rover, play some safety, play some receiver. So there's a lot of similarities in regard to the position they play and the things that they do on the football field. So I, I like the Nolan Ziegler one with with Teddy. I, again, I don't think Teddy's as, as thick and as strong as Nolan was at the same age, but I like that comparison. I don't like the Josh Burnham Cole Mullins one just because I feel like Josh is, is, is a, a linebacker turned end that is still developing at that position and, and is a twi- really twitchy edge guy stand-up edge guy cole mullins to me is more of a viper slash uh field end type of player bigger body. He's, i mean cole mullins weighs as much now as josh burnham needed two years notre dame to weigh very different type of player and so i don't love the comp there and i think they'll play a similar position and so you could comp it that way but the the example i used for for uh uh for Cole Mullins, the, the player that I comped him in, and I had a harder time kind of finding the guy that I really felt made a lot of sense from a body type standpoint, from an athleticism standpoint, from a style of play standpoint, you know, a guy that I, and I had to go back a while to find that, but a guy that I really felt, um, made a lot of sense for me was Marcus Smith who played it, uh, who played at Louisville back in the day, you know, six three, two fifty. 250 you know, really twitchy guy, really, really athletic, explosive guy, powerful guy, you know, could play both end spots. Last year at Louisville, I had 18 and a half tackles for loss, 14 and a half sacks, re- really similar body types. That's the, that's the comp that I thought made the most sense for me. I don't remember if you remember, I don't know if you remember Marcus Smith at Louisville, but he's a really good player at Louisville. I don't know what he did in the NFL, but he, in college, he was a heck of a football player, really, really good football player. All right, let's get down to some more questions here. Um, Let's get. Let's go here. Okay, here's the one from Jason DeWilkins. Thank you, Jason. It says, do you see a future opportunity for or position future to where Justin Fisher may see some playing time? Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see him. I could see Justin Fisher taking. Uh, he's not quite as tall as Davis Sherwood, but I could see Justin Fisher kind of having a similar Davis Sherwood role if Davis is you know gone by the time and Justin is still around. Sort of a fullback, H-back type of role. I could absolutely see Justin doing that. No question. I also think Justin's going to be a very important player for Notre Dame as a scout team guy, and I, that's not meant to be funny or insulting. I, I, that's important to me. I mean, it's it's very important to have a good scout team, and and they play a big role in getting you ready to win games on Saturdays. They really do. And it's not just lip service or coach talk. I mean, it's it's legit. If you have a good scout team, you're go- you're going to be ready to play on Saturday in a lot of different ways. And so when I when I look at it. Uh, he's a guy that's going to help you there in a lot of different ways, but he's also a guy that to me could help you special teams wise down the road, but then also a sort of a, a blocking back type. I, I do think there's a role for him in that regard. I, I really do. Let's get down to, to a few more here. All right. David Lowe asks, Brian, do you know that Notre Dame gave Sam Hartman a ton of money to come? I've seen that float around a few times. I've seen that float around too. It's not it's not accurate. Did, did he get NIL money? Yeah, he got NIL money. Uh, because of what he of his reputation, but no. It, Notre Dame did not pay him a bunch of money to come. Matter of fact, I was told by a couple people that were involved in the discussions that Notre Dame basically went out with all the, the, and I do, and I, and I'm talking, I was told this by people connected to other quarterbacks and all types of stuff. When they, when they got into the portal, that Notre Dame was adamant about saying, we're not going to have NIL conversations with you. If there's NIL money out there for you to have it, go for it, you know, get it and do what you got to do. But when we talk about, you know, you come in here, you're going to come here because you want to be a part of what we're building. And they didn't really dive into a lot of the NIL conversations. Do I think Sam Hartman got NIL money? I do. But I don't think it was something where he got a guarantee from Notre Dame that if you come, we'll pay you X. I, I don't believe that to be true. I've seen no evidence of that other than, you know, fan bases saying that uh, it was part of the deal. I do know Sam Hartman got NIL money, but I don't think it was because a promise that was made to come to Notre Dame. Being a quarterback in Notre Dame is going to get you an IL deals. So it's just a fact. And so, certainly that was a, a benefit to it. Last couple before we get out of here, folks. Antoine Johnson says, Brian, do you feel like the walls are closing in on Notre Dame since the Big Ten has made a peacock deal? Do you feel like the deal makes Notre Dame have less relevant and give them less leverage? No, I don't think so. Look, the the the, the, the here's the deal. First of all, I, there's there's okay. So they signed with the Big Ten, right? It's not an exclusive deal, meaning that the NBC only has the Big Ten. Big Ten fans have been coming up with different reasons for why they're squeezing Notre Dame for years. It, it, look, there's other networks that want Notre Dame. Fox wants Notre Dame, right? CBS, I'm told, wants Notre Dame. You know if Notre Dame reached out to ESPN and was like, hey, we'd like to sign with you guys. ESPN would love to have Notre Dame. That So so. to me, that that doesn't mean a thing. I mean, if, Notre, if NBC doesn't want Notre Dame, great. I think most Notre Dame fans would be very happy to leave NBC. Uh, their their coverage stinks they don't they don't do a good job i mean you're gonna find out as a big 10 fan very soon that that nbc's coverage of college football blows it blows so the only thing that antoine that would would squeeze their name out is if all of a sudden the uh, the other networks weren't interested in 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 my opinion and so uh I don't know quite what your your next comment made, but believe me, the reason Notre Dame is floating out the money that they're demanding from NBC is because they know someone's going to pay it. That's the reality of it. They're they they've been in, here's the thing: these negotiations have been going on for years. They knew what year this contract ended. These these have been going on for years. So Notre Dame's not feeling squeezed. The law, the walls aren't closing in. They're not going to feel a need to join the big 10, they may feel like, you know what? Screw NBC. We're going to go somewhere else. Maybe they do. I don't know. I hope so. I mean, look, here's the thing. I hope I hope that NBC is squeezing Notre Dame out. I do. I, I pray that Notre Dame goes somewhere else. I would love to see Notre Dame go to CBS. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. But uh, yeah, I, I hope NBC does make that stupid business decision to force Notre Dame out. Cause they're not going to have the big 10 exclusively. They're going to have a night game. It's basically what happened in the NFL. They pretty much got squeezed out of all the major NFL deals. Cause they're not good at business and their production stinks. And so they get like what the Sunday night game, nobody cares. Nobody cares. And then the last one from Nathan Milton here. And we're going to, we're going to wrap up after this. A lot of great questions today, everybody. I really appreciate y'all uh, very, very, very much. Um, Nathan says, Brian, hypothetically, uh, you can watch Notre Dame football, but no other college football games, or you can watch all college football games except Notre Dame. What do you choose? I mean, that's an easy one because I'm a Notre Dame fan. I mean, so if I'm just talking about as a fan, it's Notre Dame. I mean, that's a no brainer and watch Notre Dame. I mean, I'm a Notre Dame fan, so I would always pick Notre Dame. As far as like my job, I mean, it would, it would be hard for me to do my job if I only could watch Notre Dame games, but I'd still choose that because deep down I have I've never hidden this fact and, and, I've never hidden the fact that I'm a Notre Dame fan I'll, and I'll never hide it. Why? I'm be honest about it. I've told people I'm a Michigan basketball fan growing up. Don't care. That's who I like. That's who I followed. Um doesn't affect my job. But if we're talking about like, what would I like, what would I have to give up to do my job? I mean, I, I can't do my job if I don't watch Notre Dame. And then as a fan, I'd want to watch Notre Dame. So both in both of those scenarios, I would always pick Notre Dame, but I'll tell you what, I wouldn't enjoy college football as much. I, I I I wish all fans are this way, and every fan base is this way to a degree. You spend so much time only focusing on your team, and then you've got these really strong opinions about other teams that you who you've never watched, other than they play your team. I think you everybody should always watch all types of college football games. How do you know where you are as a program if you're not watching everybody else? And so I think um, you know that's kind of that's kind of where I would be, Antoine. I can't believe you called me a traitor. I'm saying like you're a Michigan fan, you should actually. That should be a connecting moment for us, right? Come on, man. I've, I've shared this story before. I, I grew up – actually, it wasn't in the Fab Five. The Fab Five is where I was sold. But I actually started following Michigan back in 88 when they made their – 88-89 when they made their their first championship run under Glenn Rice, Ramil Robinson, Lloyd Vaught, all those guys. Because I cause I didn't follow Notre Dame. I never watched any basketball. It was never on TV where I was growing up. It was either Ohio State. Or Michigan, but I I love Syracuse back then. Like the Billy Owens teams, Adrian Autry was like my favorite point guard when I was a kid, and I just loved college basketball. I mean, I remember those Arkansas teams in the eighties were a ton of fun to watch. Oklahoma, but I was like, you know, I want to have a favorite. I want to have a favorite college, um, a f- basketball team. I had a favorite college football team, and and Notre Dame was always prominent because I I love football more. And I loved Florida State's baseball team because I saw them on TV once and I thought their uniforms were cool. I thought their hats were really cool. I mean, I was like, you know, 10. And then I watched um, that year that – that was the year of the tournament. I watched them in the the NCAA tournament. So almost every game I saw Glenn Rice just be an absolute monster. And I was like, yeah, I'm a Michigan fan. I thought that big block M on their jersey was kind of cool – or on their shirt was kind of cool back then. But I always hated Michigan's football team always hated michigan's football team and i don't really follow college basketball that much anymore so i, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a fan of michigan anymore at all in basketball because i just don't follow college basketball anymore but that was my team growing up and then the fab five was like okay i'm done that's that's my squad there's no doubt but i mean if i can only watch one thing it's 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 indie football and it's it's a no-brainer but i would be a little sad because i like watching i like i love watching college football i just i was on there today download some all 22 film i i download here's Y'all are going to love this because it's going to be on the message board. Uh, I'm going to do a film breakdown of, of a lot of the, the new opponents. But I downloaded, let me see how many games I downloaded today. Let me go to, I downloaded one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 Sacramento State games today because I'm going to dive into their film. Obviously, the new head coach at Stanford, Troy Taylor, was at Sacramento State last year. So I'm going to dive into some of his film. Downloaded a bunch of TCU films. So I can dive into some stuff that, um, you know, break down what I expect Clemson's offense to look like now that Garrett Riley is there, but I just, I love watching college football, man. It's just, it's a great sport. I I, obviously Notre Dame is my, is my deal, but you know, when, when you, uh, when you look at it and you realize there's just, there's so much good football out there. Notre Dame's my team, but there's a lot of good football out there. You say, man, I just, I just really enjoy watching college football, but if I had to pick, I mean, I'm always going to pick my squad. I'm always going to pick Notre Dame. There's no doubt. There's no doubts. So what I love, I love. I've always loved to watch Notre Dame. Just as a kid, just watching those gold helmets shine and just what they stood for, and yeah, just the physicality, the athletes, the the head coach. I fell in love with the head coach, Lou Holtz, was like you know guy that I kind of was a, a a role model from afar for me when I got into coaching and things like that. So it's always going to be Notre Dame. Anyway, that's going to do it for today's show, everybody. I want to thank you all very, very much. Again, I'm going to ask that y'all keep Ryan and his his family and his wife and baby in your prayers. Please do that for me. I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. And, uh, you know, hit that like button, folks. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. And sign up for the message boards if you haven't already done so. Boards oursbreakdown.com. You're definitely going to want to uh, be there with us for sure. We're going to have a lot of fun stuff. I have two Film breakdowns on there where I actually have cut ups where I draw the play, but then also actual clips of the plays that you can see really, really. I mean, think people in the chat will tell you, I think they're really good stuff. I explain what you're seeing, explain what you're seeing, break it down and just really try to dive in the X's and O's. We're going to do some of that stuff on here, but it's just it's easier to do it on there. And I, and I also want to start doing some more content that's only for our premium subscribers because, you know, the people that are paying to be a part of that deal. So we'll definitely, uh, you'll definitely want to check that out. And you find that at boards.archbreakdown.com. $4.99 a month is all. Uh, $40.99 for a year. If you want to join because you want to support us more financially, we do have the Booster Club. You can join the Shamrock Blue or Gold Club. If you join the Shamrock or Blue Club and you sign up, you get a free IB Club mug. They only go to uh, subs- uh Booster Club members. If you sign up for the Gold Club, which is the biggest one, it's the biggest part of our Booster Club, then you obviously would get not only a year membership, but you'd also get uh, a free IB Club shirt and an IB Club mug. So definitely want to check those out as well. So thanks for being with us, everybody. Everybody. We'll talk to you again very, very soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.